in a rougher part of town. Duane stepped into a Chinese assembly hall at the intersection he had promised and attempted, without much success, to blend in. The ancient lady at the gate noticed him and leveled a sharp query. Sorry? I, I'm sorry, I don't understand. I'm here to meet someone, you see? He's with me, Lao Tai Tai. Oh, there you are. I was starting to think we were going to need to break out the charades. Why is it I'm always saving your skin when it comes to foreign languages? Maybe you want to take some classes. Yeah, maybe when I get some time off from the Mong geese and flying saucers. Mong gooses, dear boy. It pays to be correct. Has the service started, Lao Tai Tai? Thank you. They proceeded past a tasteful curtain and quickly found themselves in a smoky chamber of worship. The walls lined with deities. Each had incense and joss paper placed before them, which the worshippers took and held up as they chanted their prayers. Bewildered by the busy scene, Duane entirely failed to notice one of the deities had dark hair, a blindfold, and black robes. Do you notice anything? It's a whole lot of people, and <coughs> more smoke than Eli Falco's old Ford. Look at the icons. Look at the one in black. I don't... What? Is that... Yes, they call her Ying Ying It means shadow maiden. Appropriate, isn't it? I guess, but how did you find out about this? That's on mainland. You again! Don't go trying to arrest me. I've got bigger problems to concern myself with at present, thank you. That's pretty grown up of you, Sheriff. Wasn't expecting that. Believe me, lad. I'd like nothing better than slap you in iron right now in front of all these folks. But I'll restrain myself for now. We need you, after all. Me? Wait, we? Uh, Jack and I have been corresponding by record for some time. He shares my opinion of Lottie's predicament. He doesn't care about Lottie. He's just in this for himself and his intercosmic ship. On the contrary, I've been doing some reading. A very interesting book by a fellow from Albany named Charles Paul. Do you know that since the crash landing in Aurora 40 years ago, there have been over 200 sightings of extraterrestrial airships in the act of observing humanity? Or should I say, reconnoitering for invasion. You can't be serious. I assure you I am, and I'll tell you something else. These extraterrestrials have the power of animal magnetism, telepathy, if you will. Not only can they make us worship them as gods, they can also project themselves into human vessels and grant them extraordinary powers. Sound familiar? Miss Edster, tell me you don't believe- I'm not quite sure they're extraterrestrials, but something has taken hold of poor Lottie, and I don't think it has humanity's best interests at heart. I thought you said this is what she was born to do, what the mongoose had said. Even Jeff was not immune to these beings' control. The power they hold is tremendous. You saw what it did to Pratchett. The numbers they hold, they're the precise opposite of the ones that make up this tractus. Evil numbers, cursed numbers. God damn it. None of this makes any sense. It's also loony, I can't tell what's right or not. Believe what you like, lad. But tell us now whether you're with us or not. 
I haven't got all day. Don't be so mean, Jack. He's had a difficult time. Pah! At his age, I was already wrestling dingoes on the Nullarbor plane. They bite, you know. I thought your father was a postman. Ah, uh, that's, that's another matter entirely. Answer the question, lad. I need to know your plan first. He's right. We should tell him. Alright. Have you heard of mesmerism, lad? As the offerings continued in the background, Dwayne listened attentively to what Sheriff Partridge had to say. If the story about telepathic aliens had seemed far-fetched, this theory gave it a run for its money. At the same time, back at City Hall, the mayor was anxiously conferencing with his superintendent of police, both looking anxiously at the door. Beyond it, a large contingent of police officers stood guard. We got a few options here, Tom. I don't love any of them, but they're all better than doing nothing. Give all that, George. What do you recommend? Same thing we did during the election. Call them out on it. Call them undemocratic, un-American, un-Christian, what have you. Long won't want to risk the bad press. Say, maybe you can get him on the phone. I won't give the grinning son of a bitch the satisfaction. I want to make him pay for this. Your boys could take him, couldn't they? Um... Hell, George, we could just call a Teutonic witch and have her conjure up that girl again and teach him a lesson. I'm not sure that'd be a good idea. Not now, Margot. Uh, it, it ain't Margot. Of all the... What do you want here? Uh, I, w- I was just wondering if uh, any of you fellas had a light. Uh, none of the cops outside had it, and I uh, find, find it kind of hard to believe, but, uh, well, I'm, I'm here. You told me you'd leave the premises as soon as you'd finished eating, adjutant. Uh, that's right, I did, I did. I just uh, I just like to have a little smoke after lunch. Uh, it's just uh, something I like to do. Well, you can do it elsewhere. Get out of my sight, you carpetbagging son of- Oops. You lunatic! You just punched the mayor of New Orleans. I mean, it was just, it was just an accident. Uh- You're no good, scalawag. What's going on in here? Shit! Boys, they're beating on the general! Rush him! As the militiaman who'd managed to push past the police sounded the cry, the building descended into outright chaos for the second time in as many days. City Hall was enveloped in a turbulent brawl between the two groups of men in uniform, with some of the fighting even spilling into the mayor's own office. In the middle of it all, Superintendent Ryer managed to pick up the phone and dial. Tell that girl to get over here. Now! Uh, we, we don't have to uh, involve her, alright? This is just between us, okay? You don't know what's coming. She'll beat you to a pulp. Well, well that that's just exaggerated t- tabloid journalism. Because you ain't seen it with your own eyes. She's a miracle, Fleming. But more like Gamora than Lazarus. You're just trying to scare me, and I ain't buying it. I ain't buying it for sure. Look behind you, then. Clearly already distressed, Fleming turned to look and had the fright of his life. The very marble floor of the corridor seemed to convulse as if a volcano was springing up from beneath it. But instead, from out of the cracks emerged evil's greatest enemy. Lady Justice herself. He could only stare vacantly as she crawled out, preparing to deliver justice on the nearly 100 men scared shitless at the sight of her. General, do we shoot her? General? Um, uh, uh, what are you waiting for? Shoot her, boys! Finish. Her steps cracking what remained of the floor. Lottie stepped over the pile of flattened bullets before her. No one there, 
guardsmen or cop, did anything to stop her march to the mayor's office. Fleming watched her coming, unable to move. Who are you to blame for this, Raymond H. Fleming? I, uh, I, I, I don't, um, um, He done this, Lady Justice. He brought those fellows down here to arrest you. On Huey Long's orders. Oh, no, look, look, I swear I always, I always, I, I never wanted him. And, and you are a bad man. This world would not miss you. Oh, but, oh, but, but, but please don't. Pancreas. What did you do to him? Nothing. He fainted. <laughs> the coward. Don't let him off so easy. Come on, girl. String him up like we used to do with the colored fellas. I am not yours to command, Thomas Walmsley. I don't know how you came to that impression, but it's time it was set straight. What are you doing? Go round up those fellas out there and throw them up into space or whatever it is you do. I knew a man like you once. You hid behind faith as you hide behind the rule of law. But I see you for what you are. A liar. A cheat. A bully. Why the nerve? You know who I am? You know what I could do to you? Yes. Now, let's be reasonable here. Absolutely nothing. She dreamed she pulled down a rope from the ceiling. And you slipping around Walmsley's neck with frightening ease. Pulling him up into the air. Ryer watched aghast as the mayor met his end, agonizingly slowly. Lottie holding the rope firmly and impassively all the while. When it was finally done, she let him spell down onto the floor with a thump. There's no place for your like in this world. What have you done? I thought you hunted bad guys. Wasn't that what you said? He was a bad man. Not unlike you, Superintendent. And your men. How many innocents have you beaten and imprisoned? How much have you swept under the rug for your own benefit? There isn't one worth saving among you. Now, just a minute. You call me Lady Justice. This is my verdict. She focused intensely and dreamt of a vast wind turbine, with herself at its center. None of the men stood a chance. After a few spins, it was done. She strode through the carnage that now covered the hall's interior and walked back home, her power entirely drained. As soon as I saw her, I knew something was wrong. Duane and Zita are gone. Do you know where they might have gone to? Lieselot. I... I don't know. What happened back there? What did you do? I think... I killed a whole bunch of people. Oh my god. I chopped them up into little bits. You did what? Listen, you're in shock. Just... I ran down the stairs to her, but I was too late. She'd fallen. It had been too much exertion, too many souls at once. She was beginning to lose control. And there were others all too eager to take it in this world and the one yet to be born. Outside the house, police had already begun to gather. Her route had not been hard to track. By nighttime, it seemed that all that remained of the New Orleans Police Department was at our doorstep as well as at least as many press and onlookers, and one special guest. Hey, who's that? Oh, sorry, Senator. Huey will do just fine, son. I've come to survey the situation. Well, golly gee, it's a real situation, Huey. 
uh, City Hall is a slaughterhouse. They figured they got at least 100 dead in there, including the mayor and Superintendent Ryer. A real tragedy. That's what happens when one puts one's faith in the mentally deranged. The perpetrator's in there, is she? As far as we can figure, there's been plenty of queer noises coming from inside, but no one's had the nerve to go in yet. We're waiting for the National Guard. They're coming. Adjutant General Fleming around? I heard tell he survived the massacre. I'm here, Senator. Um, over here on the curb. Land of Goshen, Raymond. Have you received proper medical care? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I, uh, I, I fought her off. Good man. Think you're ready to give that abomination what for? Uh, I, I'm not sure I'm uh, up to it exactly, Sender. It, it was, it was a, t- it was a tough fight the first time. Well, now you got the jump on her. Never forget the element of surprise, Raymond. Come on, go knock on that door. That's got all of New Orleans' finest trembling. Uh, uh sure, uh, sure, sure, sure thing, Sender. Splendid. Make way, make way. What are you doing? Don't go near there. Leave the man be, officer. He's determined to do it. No talking him out of it. But, but that's not the plan. If the plan was to sit on our asses waiting for the National Guard, I'll say it's not a big loss. Oh, come on, Raven. They're the people of Louisiana proud. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, hello? We can't hear you in the back. Uh, hello? Is, is anybody in there? The door's open. Of all the... Carry on, Raven. You've made a fine start. Uh, you want me to... to... To go inside? I have every faith in you. Ready to jump out of his skin, Fleming nevertheless did as he was told and entered the abandoned mansion we had taken for our headquarters. Inside, everything was dark. The only light was from the police spotlight shining in through the windows. As slowly as possible, he walked through the lobby, checking every angle. Just when he started to relax... A roar came from one of the rooms. He ducked just in time to avoid an invisible ten-foot something slamming into him on its way out the door. Once outside, it roared again and overturned a police car before continuing down the road to wreak further havoc. Would you look at that? Nothing like New Orleans, eh? Far from the epicenter of the chaos, in the fabled San Louis Cemetery, Zita was crouching and running her hand along a dilapidated grave, watched by Duane and Partridge, one confused, the other impatient. How do you know this is the right one? The name. It is Jean-Francois Baudrillard, isn't it? It certainly is. There's dead old-time French fellows all around. Why's it gotta be this one? <laughs> this is no ordinary dead French fellow. Baudrillard was part of Napoleon's expedition into Egypt, digging up countless ancient tombs on the way. According to a manuscript, a gentleman at the public library was kind enough to read out to me. He found some disturbing things there. But, of course, no one believed him. So he took what he found to his grave. Here! Aha! What is it? Something etched into the stone. Yes, four points on each side, ten in all, no doubt whatsoever. It's a tetractus. They can't get enough of their tetractuses, can they? Apparently not. But what use is it to us? It's just a carving, right? Not quite. What is it? Give it to me! Seems to be a stone. Very old by the looks of it. I'll bet anything it's from Egypt. I can feel the outline. It's, it's a cartouche. The name of a pharaoh. I don't recognize it. You know hieroglyphics? A little. I like languages, as you might have surmised. The amphora and the ram spell out Khnimu. There isn't any such pharaoh. 
That we know of. I heard Lottie talk about a pharaoh who lives in the other world. You don't think this could... Quite a coincidence, isn't it? What was that? What do you think, lad? It started sooner than we thought. It? Can someone please talk straight? The invasion, of course. I hope you still have my pistol. As it happens, he did. Not that it would have done Lottie and I much good as we fell through the stars. The nascent slumberland above already practically invisible. Below, the vast dead reaches of the Necro world rose up to greet us. It had been a long time since I had left the world of the waking, but I had no intention of remaining here. Lieselotte, take my hand! We need to reverse our momentum! I'm sorry, Ethel. I don't think I can. Yes, you can! Let the other one take over! She can get us out of here! I don't want to! I don't want to kill anymore! They have it coming! It's what you have to do! It's what you have born for! No! No, ah! Suddenly, we landed, quite unharmed, in a small lake amid the desolate cliffs. Judging from the walls, it seemed to have once been a ritual chamber, all of it oriented around a giant dais in the center, which used to house an icon, but now lay broken and bare. Looking up, I saw three familiar figures zooming down from where we had come, before stopping with their bare feet suspended an inch above the water's surface. Evidently, their kind could not touch this world of death. You have given us life once more, Oneronaut. Thank you. I don't know who you are. I wish you'd leave me alone. That is not possible. We worship you, Sainted One. I never asked you to worship me. This is our duty. The Sovereign requires you to perform your functions in the proper manner, and we ensure you do so. Let me explain something to you, okay? The war you all fought. It was just a sham. Your Sovereign and their Pharaoh, they're the same. You understand? You have been deceived, girl. The enemy's agents have corrupted your mind. No, I saw it. Right there, on that platform, there was a statue. And the Major, he cracked it open, and then I- She is delusional. I told you this would happen. Smugness does not become you, Stillflame. We will leave her here, and that will be the end of it. You can't. You gotta let me out. We are empowered to take charge of the renewal process, in a provisional capacity, if you are incapacitated. It will be in good hands. This is a delicate time. Utmost caution is needed to ensure the proper recreation of the world. You can't. Ethel, we have to stop them. We'll make it again just the same way it was. I wouldn't trust her if I were you. No one did more for the Pharaoh and his evil cohorts. What? Oh, you got it wrong. She's just a human being, like me. Body. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Lottie, I have to tell you something. What happened to your accent? I don't need it anymore. It's time you knew the truth. My name is not Ethel. What? I'm not from your world. I'm from theirs. But that doesn't mean that I don't care about you. Let us leave them to it, sister. Take the icon. Stillflame reached into the water next to the dais and pulled out a strangely shaped rock that looked disturbingly like a human child from a certain angle. Lottie, still not quite comprehending the scale of my deception, turned away from me almost without meaning to, to watch her lift it up into the sky. What? What is that? What the hell is happening? 
That is you. The O'Nair not within you, more precisely. The seed you've borne from birth. The stone upon which the kingdom rests. The very foundation. You mean like the icon? You mean that thing is what's been out there killing folks? It is only performing its purpose. Uh, take it, then. I don't want it. I don't want to ever see it again. One moment. What is it, fiend? Care to settle the fight we began all those years ago? I wouldn't mind, actually. I just know one thing. You're not leaving with that icon. Ethel, whatever you are, if you care for me at all, you'll let him take it. Well then? You heard me. Why? Why? Lottie, I'm begging you. Please stay here. I'll explain everything afterwards. I left it at that, though it pained me more than anything. And marched forward in the knee-high water. The three of them just hung there in the air, waiting for me. I wiped away my tears covertly and took off my glasses. They knew enough to shut their eyes. But it wouldn't save them. It wasn't like that was my only trick. They started rotating in the air, preparing to strike. I had only to look at them to see in a flash what they meant to do. I leapt at the exact right instant to avoid the water spilling up beneath me, shooting up like a geyser to where they lay waiting. A dozen others shot up before I could even react, but I dodged them all too. Frustrated, they began to rotate even faster, circling the stone dais, working the lagoon into a whirlpool with me at the center. There was no escape. The whole mass of water collapsed on me. Lonnie could only watch, unable to speak. When they floated down to survey their handiwork, I found my body bobbing up, face down. The pool was still now. Reflective as a mirror. It is done, sisters. That was not so hard. Could it be? Or is this some other trick? You happy now? She's dead. She's dead, and now I'll never know who she was. I can tell you, girl. Her name was- She's gone! Where to? Up here! She's above. Don't look up, sisters. Cast your eyes downwards. Don't- In an instant, as she glimpsed my reflection in the water, Earthskin realized her mistake, but by then it was too late. I had already won. Back in the waking world, Dwayne and company fought their way through the chaos in the streets, heading for the Basin Street mansion with their new acquisition in hand. There were otherworldly things about, roaming through the night, terrorizing the citizenry. And though they could not be seen, they were certainly felt. When they finally arrived and Partridge slammed the door behind them, it felt like a triumph for the ages. Good God! Extraterrestrials, or devils, or whatever they are. They sure put up a fight. The Huns weren't half this much trouble. It's dark. You think they're not here? There's only one place they can be, dear boy. The library. The pyramid. What do you think is causing all this? I'll... go look. Hey, <coughs> who's there? Uh, d- don't, d- don't, don't kill me, please. Uh, I, 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 I got a wife. Uh, so someday I, I might try to have some kids. Who the hell are you? Uh, uh, Raymond H. Fleming, uh, Adjutant General of the Louisiana State Militia. Oh, that's right. And I'm Ned Kelly. Beat it, Tramp. This is private property. Don't be so harsh. He's only hiding from the monsters. Same as everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's right. Fine. Just stay in your corner and be quiet. Come on upstairs. I see a light. 
goodness me! Do you feel that, Jack? The cold? Just like Juarez. Oh, yes. Hopefully there's no more delinquents dressed in jaguar skins this time. They're in there. Ethel? Lottie? Hello. I turn to face them, pushing a few trees aside with a flick of my hand. At last. I had the power I had always dreamed of. And I knew just what I wanted to do with it. Ethel. What in the world? This isn't the world you knew anymore. It's my world now. With a kick, I brought the whole pyramid down. In an instant, the entire cacophony of voices from the unborn realm poured out. Outside, the monsters and devils suddenly became visible. The merger was complete. There was no turning back now. Lottie, however, remained in the Necroworld, lying on the bed of a lake now empty of water. She gasped and started awake, noticing the three priestesses fallen on the ground, now no more than statues. The stone, safe in my hands, was nowhere to be seen. But there was someone else alive there. Or maybe not quite. Hello. You? I'm gonna be honest, mister. I'm starting to get sick of you. That's all right. This is probably the last you'll see of me. Why? What's changed? Only everything. With the coming of the new world, I am more than redundant. Time to wade into the lake of the skeleton men and pass into oblivion. For good this time. You knew all along, didn't you? About the pharaoh and the ceremony and... Ethel and everything. All this craziness. Lone Ranger was never this complicated. Maybe you'd rather put on a cowboy hat and ride into the sunset then. I just want to get all this straight. Can you tell me, honestly, who you are? My true name is Knimu. Born a wretched slave boy, doomed to die the same. One night, I had a dream that I was a pharaoh. It led us to this. I almost wish I hadn't now. But what use is that, eh? That means... No. You. You're... Please don't say it. Alright. So? I guess you know how this all plays out. No. This is new. We're in uncharted waters now. What am I supposed to do then? Use your gifts. They are your own, not the Oneirinots. No one can take them from you. Use them to set things right. Or don't. Huh? It makes no difference to me. I've run my course already. You don't care what happens to it. This world you made. The one I made is gone already. It took so many souls to keep it as it was. So much killing. And in the end... It was I that craved the sleep of death more than anything. That is my curse. I am forever denied it. Maybe you deserve it. Maybe. Maybe you're right. Silence fell. After a while, Lottie rose and placed her hand on the Major's forehead. Not unlike Monk had done to her, he did not resist. He shut his eyes and his life passed like a dream. 
She shed no tears for him, but she couldn't say it was an easy thing to do. As she wondered what to do next, she heard clapping from behind. Splendid work, Lottie. You've come so far. Quiet down, you fool. My liege, let me explain. As the Baron and the Chevalier, that most unlikely duo, approached her, Lottie finally felt as if she had fallen down the rabbit hole for good. She hardly knew what madness was still to come. Though in all fairness, neither did I. Thanks.